What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to the Going the Distance podcast presented by ImmaculateSports.com. Twitter's at ImmaxSports. Instagram is also at ImmaxSports. TikTok, YouTube, Immaculate Sports. It's episode 113, and this is a special one because not only do we have a wild NFL week where we got most of our picks wrong, we're also previewing the MLB free agency. That's starting pretty soon. Yeah, free agency starts on Thursday. We've heard some rumblings within the last few days about qualifying offers, team options, player options, stuff along those lines. But obviously nothing too crazy yet. Uh, uh, do I have to say congratulations to the Houston Astros on their 2022 mm-hmm. World Series ring. Uh, it kind of feels weird. Uh, it's, it reminds me of when there was that year period where after the Warriors blew that 3-1 lead where Warrior fans just got berated with uh, the 3-1 lead, blah, 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 blah. Like you blew never it get back. the next two years. Yeah. We win, and you never hear those 3-1 things ever again. Mm. I think that's kind of what Astro fans are going to go through now with this cheating scandal. Uh, they won w- without it, as, as far as we know. So yeah, that kind of insult to them should be a thing of a past uh, so I'm happy for those guys and all the non-ignorant Astro fans. Uh, but pretty good World Series. But uh, let's go ahead and yeah. get into it, shall we? Yeah, let's go. Awesome. So for my opener, I'm going to take something from that Game 6 World Series clincher for the Astros. And I, I want to talk about that Jordan home run to give him the lead in the sixth inning. There's moments, there's one or two moments in every single World Series that is the standout, like, shifting moment, and it's just, like, the polarizing moment that you have. In 2011, you had those David Freeze hits in Game 6. Uh, last year, you had the Solaire home run that busted open Game 6 for the Braves to actually beat the Astros. And this play that's going to stick out for everybody this year is that Jordan 450-foot bombed a dead center to give the Ashes a lead mm-hmm. when you have a two run lead in the seventh inning or later against the Ashes this year is it, it was game over with how good their bullpen was yeah the best thing i saw was the 2021 quarterback class this week we kind of bashed all those guys last week but they made up for it man justin fields obviously played amazing in their loss zach wilson and trevor lawrence both had comeback wins mac jones did what he needed to do Davis Mills had a good first half against Philly, which, uh, you know, Texans don't get very often. So not bad. They'll take it. Uh, it's cool to see, uh, you know, no one's calling all these guys busts anymore like they were a couple weeks ago. You know, they can improve. There's still time. Yeah. And now it kind of turns into that consistency part for the young quarterbacks where you see it one week, but then the next week they have a bad game. So we're looking now for these guys to have – consecutive good weeks yes. uh obviously the jets won't have consecutive good weeks because they have a bye this week but uh new england yeah that's true that's coming up uh next weekend i believe right mm-hmm. yeah all right let's go ahead and get into the immaculate sports player of the week and when you had somebody who had the day like joel mixon did on sunday we didn't have to put up a poll he had 26 touches for 211 yards and five touchdowns against the Carolina Panthers this weekend. And they're 42 to 21 route over them. There was maybe one other guy. If we wanted to do a poll, uh, we could have done Tanner Mordecai yeah. quarterback for SMU who threw nine touchdowns this weekend. Awesome. And they're 77 to 63 victory over 
Houston? Houston. Yeah. Yeah, Houston. Mm-hmm. Uh, crazy game there. Both of those guys did crazy stuff, but uh, we're going with Mixon as the Mac Sports Player of the Week. Let's go ahead and get into the team reports now. Skyler, yeah. take it away with the Jets' biggest victory in uh, recent memory, I'd say. Yeah, man. They took down the Bills at home 20-17. to 17. Uh, This was a massive one. Uh, so much bullshit in this game. From the very first play, Braden Man slips on the opening kickoff. And <laughs> I'm sure all the Jets fans are like, ah, oh, shit, here we go again, man. But uh, and the camera from the sky drops and breaks and 20 minute delay. But we got it done, man. Like I said, the comeback victory, Zach played pretty well. But we got to start with the defense, because I think it's fair to say this is an absolutely elite group now after shutting down Buffalo. Um, Sauce Gardner had seven tackles and a deflection. The game winner, uh, CJ Mosley, all over the field. We had five sacks. Bryce Huff had the strip sack. Rankins had one, too, but he uh, broke his elbow. I'll talk about that a little later. And Quinn Williams is so good in the middle, man. Always pushing. And uh, and they shut down Josh Allen, who was pretty hard to stop running the ball. He started containing. Um, on the offense, it was a lot of the running backs, man. Michael Carter, James Robinson, um, both had, had 14 touches, I believe, and both scoring touchdowns. You know, Robinson coming in when Buffalo defense is tired and runs people over. Zach didn't turn the ball over, got a touchdown. Um I didn't mention before Josh Allen threw two picks. He was in uh looked like in, in trouble the entire second half running for his life. And that's awesome to see, you know, a guy who was looking like he was going to win the MVP pretty easily in that much uh, disarray from our defense. So I'm happy. Uh we're looking good. Obviously, we had a lot of guys missing from that game too. So hopefully we can get Corey Davis, Rankins, uh some of these guys back when we play New England after the bye week. Yeah. Skyler's at the highest of highs right now, and the Raiders are at the lowest of lows right now as we lose 27 to 20 against the Jacksonville Jaguars on Sunday. As far as stats go, if you take a raw look at it, Derek had a pretty good game 21 for 36, 259 yards, two touchdowns, no picks. Jacobs had 67 yards on the ground as well as 20 yards receiving, so 97 total yards in the game. Devontae, if you just look at it, 10 catches, 146 yards, two touchdowns. Pretty great game there. Uh, Max Crosby had a tackle for a loss as well as a fumble recovery. He was playing big for us, but really nobody else was making plays on defense. Uh, As far as this game goes, though, we were up 17-0. And like I said, we lost this game. So that marks the third time this year that we have been up by at least 17 points. Or 17 to nothing or 20 to nothing, so whatever it is, and end up losing that game. Uh, so that's the eighth time in Raiders franchise history that they have blown a 17 point lead. Wow. And three of them have been this year, which is kind of crazy to think about, especially since we're not even halfway through the season at this point with nine more games to go. I mean, who to blame this loss on is, is a really good question. I think everybody kind of did their part in losing this game. Uh, But mainly I would have to go with McDaniels. He it was so confusing because Devontae had 146 yards in the first half. And then from there, we give him like one or two targets the rest of the game. I understand wanting to run the ball in the second half when you're up by 10 to 15 points. And Jacobs is a great guy to go run the ball to, but just because you want to run the ball doesn't mean you have to completely abandon the pass. There was times where we give the 
ball to Jacobs back-to-back times. He would have a tough time gaining because it got six or seven in the box, even eight sometimes. And the next thing you know, you're in those third and longs where if you don't convert a third and 10, next thing you know, you're punting. And that happened to us two or three times. We couldn't stop the Jags for the, the whole third quarter and most of the fourth quarter as well. And then we got a couple possessions late in the game uh, where the defense got us the ball back and our offense just didn't do anything with it. And we got into panic mode. And at that point, it's just it's just weird Uh, with a guy like Derek Carr, who has had so many game winning drives in his career and is kind of known for being a guy that if you're down a possession is not a bad quarterback to have because he's going to get you into a spot where you're going to probably go ahead and get some points and win win the football game. We just haven't seen that mentality. I don't know what it is, but we just haven't seen that version of Derek Carr this year, and that's very disappointing. Uh, I, I don't even know what to say at this point for for this team. We're dead. Uh, we said this last week, but mm-hmm. this is like the – I don't know. We're six feet under now at this point. Last time we were presumed dead. This time we're in the coffin, and there's dirt above us. Uh, so it's pretty rough to come out of this hole. I don't really think there is a chance – uh, that we really do anything. However, probably are going to win this week because we're facing Sam Ellinger and Jeff Saturday as a head coach, uh, which is pretty interesting. <laughs> uh, yeah. So we're in a weird spot there. We currently hold the number three pick in the NFL draft if the season were to end today. Skyler's going to have a mock draft later on yes, in the episode. So I'm looking forward to that. Uh as far as the, the main thing with quarterbacks and stuff like that, I really wouldn't want a quarterback unless we get Bryce Young or C.J. Stroud. I really think those are the two guys that are reasonable upgrades from Derek Carr at this moment. And uh, if you're at pick three, you're likely not going to get those guys because they're probably going to go one and two in this year's draft. Uh, so I like Will Anderson, but uh, we'll see how that goes from there. And one other thing before we move on, I know it's been a little bit lengthy today, but uh, – Jonathan Abram cut today, and that's interesting. I didn't really see it coming. I know we signed Sidney Jones yesterday. Uh, He hasn't really been great for us, uh, but he's always been kind of that energy guy on the team that's always been fun to watch and has some highlight plays and has some plays where you just you want him cut. Uh, It is kind of sad because he's part of – a class in 2019 that we drafted Jacobs and Hunter Renfro and Max Crosby and all these Mm -hmm. guys that have had a pretty big impact in our franchise and seeing guys like him now out is, is pretty sad, but, uh, is what it is. So hopefully he goes and finds another home somewhere else. Yeah. Let's go ahead and move on though, to the, where we went wrong and where we went right segment of our show, where we talk about some of our picks that we did good with some of them that we did bad with, and it's pretty easy pickings this week to find our bad picks because we all had like about 50% correct rates this week. Uh, so let's gotta go first. Where do you go right and where do you go wrong? Yeah, I went right with Tampa Bay here. I still believe in them. I'm going to talk about them, spoiler, in our next segment about the power rankings for each conference. Um, and big comeback win from Brady. Never doubted him. Uh, but where I went wrong was pretty bad. Washington. I had them beating Minnesota. They had this win in their back pocket, and they just couldn't run the clock out. They blew it. They let Minnesota hang around and and won it at the end, which really sucks for me because, uh, you know, Washington had the right game plan, except at the end of the game. Yeah, that was a weird one because the Vikings scored, I believe, on their first possession of the game. They just drove down the field. Justin Jefferson had a touchdown, and then they didn't do anything on offense until the fourth quarter. 
Uh, and then once they got to the fourth quarter, their offense was completely fine. Yeah. So it was a weird game. Uh, as far as where I went right and where I went wrong, I picked the Jags to win over the Raiders, and I was the only one in our pool that to pick the Jags over the Raiders. Uh, it was kind of a please just ho- let me get this one wrong. Let me jinx the the team out and see what I can do. But, uh, yeah. you know, it ended up being a green in the column. So I guess that's a good pick there. And then where I went wrong has to be with Indy picking or picking Indy over New England this past weekend where they just couldn't do anything. I thought maybe there could have been something where the defense plays really well and, the Patriots have a similar offensive game to where they did against the Bears, but that wasn't the Patriots that we saw yes not yesterday on Sunday, and uh, ended up being twenty six to three victory for the Patriots. Let's go ahead and move on to our fantasy play of the week, where we give you some advice on what to do perhaps this week as we are starting to begin and near the end of the fantasy football yeah. regular season. And uh, so my advice pick this week is going to be gear up for the playoffs. If you are in a spot that you can, if you're in a spot where you are nine and oh somehow or eight and one, seven and two, six and three, and you have a pretty good shot to make the playoffs. Maybe think about starting to get rid of your depth or do what you got to do to go ahead and get those top two players at the spots that you can or, you know, get those guys that have a lighter playoff schedule than say someone who's going to a running back that's going up against Cleveland and New England and whoever it may be. Get the guys that are going up against the Raiders or I don't know the Chargers who have given mm-hmm. given up a lot of rushing yards right now. Uh, so just gear up and be wary of those playoff schedules. All right, my advice is going to the other side of the fantasy owners, the guys who are not six wins right now, because. There's a lot of running backs out there who are going to get at least 50% of their team's touches. You know, I, I don't know. Every league's different, but in just one league I'm looking at right now, Jeff Wilson, Kenyon Drake, Rashad White, Jarek McKinnon, James Robinson, all these guys have scored touchdowns in the past week. You know, this is something big to jump on because whether it's uh, one of your big guys getting a bye and you have to stick around or you're like me uh, starting Jamal Williams on a team, even though I'm six and three, you know, it's uh, it's hard to find that RB two sometimes. So there's guys out there. Don't give up. Yeah. Let's go ahead and now get into where's your head at. First half is going to be occupied all football. And then the second half is where we're going to get into that uh, world series, not world series predictions, free agency predictions, uh, and some other things in there as well. So starting off with our MVP ladder, we started doing this last week. We're going to continue doing this every week now until the end of the season, uh, until we find out our MVP. Do you have any honorable mentions you want to do before we get into our top five? Yeah, I want to shout out Micah Parsons, who was in my list before but has been bumped out, and Tyree Kill, probably the Opoy right now, and also Quinnen Williams, because I know he's not going to get any votes, but he – is so good, man. Like, I, I don't know if I was talking to you or someone else, but he's on pace for for Aaron Donald's about. number one year. And obviously, he's not getting quadruple teamed, but it is still very impressive. And of he's the best he's player on a playoff team. So I want to give him a shout out. Yeah. The only guy I want to give a shout out to is Tua because he has been great this year in the Miami Dolphins system. Uh, you could say he's a system quarterback, whatever it is. doesn't matter. They're winning games, and he's sure. the main reason because of it. So uh, Tua is an honorable mention. Let's go ahead and get to number five. Skyler, who do you got? 
Number five is going to be Geno Smith. He still sticks around in the top five, even though Kenneth Walker's kind of taken over the offense recently. Uh, Geno's still perfect on third down, perfect on the run with the bootleg. Uh, this guy can't go wrong right now, and it's pretty nuts. Yeah, and a big game for them this week again against the Bucks in Germany. I think that's the first game ever in Germany. Uh, so look wow. out for that at 6.30 a.m. if you're on the West Coast. My number five is going to be Derrick Henry. Uh, I know they didn't win this past week against the Chiefs, but like if you look at the essence of valuable player to a team, he is their total offense. Malik Willis wasn't really able to do much. He didn't even throw the ball or have a wide receiver make a catch in the entire game. And most of his passing yards were off of the screen pass uh, carried by a guy that I'd never even heard of. But Derrick Henry has been so good these past two weeks, and he's been the main reason why they've been in games and the main reason why they've been winning games. Uh, so he's at number five for me. Let's go ahead and move on to number four. Number four, I'm going to go with Lamar Jackson. Uh, this seems like one of the worst supporting casts he's ever had in his career, and he's still doing just fine right now. Uh, we saw it last night. He didn't have to to you know work very hard to beat New Orleans, and uh, those are the games that are are nice to see and put you on the MVP ladder. Yeah. Number four for me is where I'm going to put Geno Smith. Uh, like Skyler said, Kenneth Walker has done quite a bit on carrying the burden this past few weeks, but Geno Smith has still been so good, like Skyler was talking about. Uh, he did have a pick, but the pick was more of a crazy play by Zayvon Collins rather than like a My bad guy. throw or a bad read because Zayvon Collins literally reached across his body, stuck his arm out, and somehow caught it and somehow was already in a full sprint the other way going into the end zone. So, uh, Gino, though, number four on my list for MVP. Let's go ahead and get to number three. I'm going to go with Jalen Hurts here at number three. Uh, undefeated. Hasn't done anything wrong. I just think the other two guys carry a little more weight in their offenses. Number three is going to be the guy that I had at number one last week, and that's Josh Allen. Uh, at this point, they have lost a couple games. Uh, I don't really think Josh has done I mean, he's obviously done great. He's number three mm. on this list for a reason, but he hasn't really excelled in those two games that they've lost. I think when you look for uh, an MVP guy, the guy that's when they lose is not the reason why they lose. And I think the, a couple of the dumb picks that he threw and I mean, he still played great in, in some moments in that game. Like when he threw the fourth down pass that we were talking about yesterday, Skyler, like 70 yards on the yeah. run. It was a, Completely money pass. Great play by Sauce Gardner. But he did all that he could do there. So that's why he's still at number three. Uh, but the loss is going to bump him down a little bit because he threw no touchdowns and had two picks. Yeah. On to number two. Number two, I'm going to give it to Josh Allen. You know, he's not going to fall all the way down for me, but I, I do have to bump him. He hasn't been playing great. But the difference to me is maybe the worst game we've seen him play since his rookie year and he was still in it till the end because he was running people over and yeah. uh, no one else can do that. So gets the two spot yeah. for now, but you Number know, if he needs Tommy John. Me, he's, he won't be staying there. No, you're good. That's true. Yeah. <laughs> if we, if we find out more about that injury, this might be the last time we see yeah. him on this list. Uh, Number two for me is going to be Jalen hurts again. Hasn't lost his team a game. So why should he move down any spots? Allen has a bad game. He moved his spot up. Actually, no, he stayed at number two because I had Allen at number one last week. Uh, but Hurts has been great. He's been doing what he needs to do. He's been conservative with the football, and the Eagles are 8-0. and 
On a number one, Skyler, who is your MVP through nine weeks of the NFL season? It's going to be Patrick Mahomes, right? We saw last night, he didn't get two nights ago. I apologize. He didn't get very much help at all from his receivers and his all pro tight end. And he still managed to keep him in the game with his legs. Even Uh, he's like we said earlier, he's the most overpowered player in the NFL right now. Number one. Yeah. There's a reason why we call this guy the most unstoppable player in the league a couple weeks ago. And he, he truly is. Uh, if he wasn't a guy that had that multi-billion, not multi-billion, but half a billion dollar contract, we would be seeing him run. And when Patrick Mahomes is able to get out of the pocket and run and scramble and make plays on his feet, he is nearly just as good as any other quarterback in this mm-hmm. entire football league. Uh, so Mahomes right now is my MVP. Uh, he threw for 446 yards. Also need I mention that, uh, and I mean, he's again, year after year, the reason why the chiefs are good. Also Andy Reid too, but yes, of course, let's go ahead and get to our second thing. Uh, our AFC top five power rankings. Maybe this is something that we could do week by week too, as mm-hmm. we kind of start to know certain teams more, uh, and see maybe like weave out some of the different headlines that we've had over these past few weeks. But, uh, number five, Skyler, who is the fifth best team in the AFC right now? I'm going to give it to the Dolphins right now with an honorable mention to Tennessee uh, because it's not really their their fault. They had to throw Malik Willis out there, but it still happened, and it was horrible to watch. So Miami gets the nod. The offense is pretty nuts right now. They just re-signed Bradley Chubb, hoping to get the defense going, and they're going to be in the playoffs. Yeah. Number five for me is where I'm going to put the Ravens. Could have put the Chargers here. Could have put the Titans here, like Skyler said. Also could have put the Bengals here, too. Uh, but I decided to put the Ravens. Lamar's been a stud so far. The defense is starting to come around, and uh, they look good. Going to be a playoff team. On to number four. Number four, maybe too high. I don't know. You be the judge for me. It's the Jets. Okay. To me, this looks like the best defense in the AFC so far this year. And uh, I know it would be nice to see Zach Wilson do a little more, but he doesn't have to right now. And he didn't have to to beat Buffalo, which is ridiculous. So that's why this team's number four for me in the AFC. Yeah. Number four for me is going to be the Dolphins. Uh, Their offense is absolutely electric right now. Uh, Their defense is starting to come along a little bit. I know they allowed 32 points to the Bears, but first week with Bradley Chubb. And uh, they look pretty good right now. Uh, Sitting at six and three, going to be a playoff team as well. So uh, they have the number four spot for me on to number three. Number three, I'm going to give it to Baltimore here. Um, you don't want to play in Baltimore. Uh, you know, all the reasons I talked about Lamar Jackson earlier, possibly one of the the worst supporting cast he's had, and they're still killing people. Um, you know, be nice to get some more secondary members, maybe. And maybe that's why they won't be Kansas City or Buffalo. But for now, they're number three. Number three for me is where I'm going to put the Bills. They, uh... uh if they have no Josh Allen, then it's going to be kind of weird, uh, especially because that's what their offense has been these last few years. Uh, and so if they have to throw Case Keenum out there, whoever is their backup, it's going to be bad. As of right now, we don't know that. Their defense is still great. Josh Allen is healthy. I think this is exactly where it's bottom at, at number three on mm-hmm. number two. Number two, I'm going to put Buffalo because even with Josh Allen out, I think Case Keenum 
can get the job done. You see what Minnesota's doing right now with Kirk Cousins? Um, they're simplifying everything. And he, Case Keenum even did it in Minnesota. Case made Keenum the, made the championship game, right? So yeah. it's possible. It did take a Minnesota miracle to yeah. get him to this that true. championship game. And they did get blown out by 28 points in that championship game. But that's besides the point. Number two, Skyler's smiling, as he should be, because the Jets are number yes. two for me right now. Yeah. I like the defense so much that that's why they're at number two. If it's solely based off of offense, they'd be somewhere probably at like nine or ten. Uh, Skyler's doing his J-E-T-S, Jets, 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 chant to me right now. But the defense is young. The defense is exciting. Uh, it's strikingly similar to the 2019, I think, Niners team. Uh, and obviously it is because they have the exact same coach as that guy. Yes. Uh, they look like they have budding stars all over the defense. And defense is something where confidence plays in so much. If you have a team that just shut down a guy like Josh Allen to having no touchdowns, two interceptions, you go into your bye week, sometimes you can get too high and it ends up hurting you. Uh, especially if you have a bye week like this and you know, you're going up against a team like the Patriots, but I think losing to the Patriots the first time is going to make them be like, okay, yeah, let's, let's beat these guys this time. It's in their house. We got to do what we have to do. Uh, and if you do, then you're seven and three and you're probably sitting at the top of the AFC rhyming accidentally. Uh, yes, sir. let's go to number one, Kansas city unstoppable. They did lose to Buffalo, but, and the Colts. Yeah, but when you have the most unstoppable player in the NFL, you're going to be the one seed. I don't know what else to say about this team, right? I mean, you know, they could run the ball a little bit better, but who cares? They're winning. Yeah, yeah. Chiefs are number one. Uh, how weird is that loss to the Colts look right now for them, though? That is, I don't know, it's just so weird because it looked like that game was so scripted because they ran a, they ran a fake field goal. When's the last time you've seen a fake field goal, like not in Madden? I I don't remember. 2010. But, uh, that was like six weeks ago at this point. The Chiefs are the best team in the AFC right now, and perhaps the best team in the entire league. Let's go ahead and get on to the NFC, though. Uh, starting off with number five. Skyler, who do you got here? I'm going to give it to Tampa Bay here. Honorable mentions, San Francisco and the Giants, but I like Tampa Bay more than them because the defense has been great all year long. We showed, you know, Brady still has that, I don't know, dog inside of them, you know, getting the comeback win, sticking in the pocket, taking hits, hitting Scotty Miller seven times in a row. That was hilarious, by the way. Uh, I still trust Tampa Bay, man. Yeah. Number five for me is going to be where I put the Seahawks. Uh, I really like this team. They're super fun to watch, but I just don't know how they can keep up with some of these higher tier teams in the NFC. You'll see that I, d I didn't put the Giants on this list. So just because they beat them doesn't really mean anything to me right now. It was a great win at the time. And it still is because they're six and three atop of one of the toughest divisions in all of football. But Seahawks are at number five. Uh, and you'll see why as we go throughout this mm -hmm. list on a number four. Yeah, I have the Seahawks at four here. I don't really know how much I can trust them, but... That's how I feel with the entire NFC right now. But, uh, you know, like we were talking about, Geno Smith getting the job done. When he can't, then there's going to be a problem. But offense is just fine. Yeah. Number four for me is going to be where I put the Niners. Uh, they did have a big win over the Seahawks in like week two. 
so that's yeah. why they are above them. And they since then have improved, in my opinion. I know Trey Lance got hurt a long time ago, but they added Christian McCaffrey, and he's one of the best playmakers in all the National Football League. So number four with a good defense is where I put the Niners. On to number three. Number three is going to go to the Vikings here. They've played in a lot of close games, uh, but they're seven and one. So they get a top three spot here. And, uh, you know, similar with, with some of these other teams, they're going to be in the playoffs. We know that, you know, barring a major injury, they're going to be just fine. Yeah. Number three is going to be where I put the Cowboys, perhaps the best defense in all of football right now. Offense is still kind of sputtering and others scored 49 points in the last game but it just doesn't fully seem quite fluid yet i don't know how to really phrase that but the bears mm. they've been right over by a lot of teams this year and so i think that 49 points doesn't look as good unless you're going against another good team and you put up 30 or 40 against them uh, but the defense looks really good and they're in a strong nfc right now so i have them at number three on a number two Number two, I have the Cowboys because I think that defense can legitimately take them to the Super Bowl. And Prescott's back. He looks fine. Let's see him play somebody good. Yeah. On to number two for me is where I'm going to put the Vikings. That I Please tell me you saw a video of Kirk Cousins on yes. the plane. Mm-hmm. Okay, good. Uh, yeah. Something about that video, the new nightmare Kirk Cousins. <laughs> uh, they don't have a play. They don't have a primetime game for a couple more weeks at this point so you know they're going to win out until then and uh, probably going to end up with four losses because that's i think how many primetime games they play this year i uh, gotta hope that though that wild card round game is a day game because if it's not then you're probably going to home in the first round but uh kirk cousins has been solid for this team and they have a lot of playmakers all over the field to force some turnovers to make plays and uh that's why they're seven and one on to the 8-0 Eagles at number one, Skyler. It's Philly. They take the ball away so easily. Chauncey Gardner-Johnson for, what, a seventh-round pick was the most ridiculous trade I've ever seen. Amazing for them. Jalen Hurts is ready. You know, he's. I don't think this is going to be another year where he gets smacked in the first round. He's ready to take this thing to the distance. Yeah, the Eagles look like the best team in football right now. I don't know why there is that... Uh, like stigma that they haven't played anybody good. I know they played Cooper Rush's uh, Cowboys, but they dominated that game. It seemed yeah. like they played Kirk Cousins on prime time, but they absolutely destroyed them. And they haven't really been in a spot where they are threatened in a game. Uh, and partially that's because they have a plus 15 turnover differential through mm-hmm. eight games. Closest team to that has a plus seven differential so they have double of any team in the league and they don't turn over the football so uh yeah they they look like the best team in football as of right now all right let's go ahead and send it to halftime uh starting off with per usual the nfl injuries all right welcome to halftime uh we're gonna start it off like always with the nfl injuries especially an interesting one here to start it off xavier mckinney giant safety Broke multiple fingers in an ATV accident. Underwent surgery. You know, according to Josh, this is like the Giants' Iron Man of the defense. Has been their best player since drafted on the defense. So that's unfortunate for them. I don't know how long he's going to be out. Maybe they don't even know yet. They haven't talked about it. Sheesh. I think they learned from Tatis, you know. Uh, (laughs) New York Giants? (laughs) Yeah, exactly. 
But anyways, uh, Buda Baker, Cardinals All-Pro safety with the high ankle sprain. The team hopes he can return early, though, two to three weeks because they're going to need him. Uh, he makes amazing plays in the secondary, and their team kind of sucks right now. So, yeah, get better. Josh Allen, biggest one of the week, waiting results for UCL nerve damage. Oh, team hopes to have more information Tuesday. We don't yet. It's Tuesday night, 6 p.m. Pacific. Uh, this is massive because, you know, we've seen in the past, uh, Josh Allen had a similar injury, was only out about four weeks. But, you know, we know from from pitchers, we're baseball fans, you know, as – you have more damage in the elbow. It gets worse and worse and worse. Sometimes if you go to James Andrews, he could make you throw harder, but that doesn't necessarily mean you're going to have similar mechanics. You know, uh, so this one's massive. Obviously, Buffalo is uh, <laughs> it's going to miss him if he's out for more than a week. Um, as a Jets fan, I'm not sad, though. Okay, moving on. This one does make me sad. Sheldon Rankins dislocated his elbow on a strip sack of Josh Allen. That's how strong this man is, Josh Allen. Uh, so that's four to six weeks, depending on the healing. The bye week helps for sure. Move on. Aaron Jones looking to play next week. He has a high ankle sprain too, uh, but negative x-rays, which is crazy. You know, high ankle sprains usually four weeks. This guy's going to play. Maybe that's Green Bay uh, pushing him, him pushing himself. Trainers clearing people when they shouldn't be cleared. Uh, but here's another guy who's cleared. Surprisingly, Sam Darnold activated for the Panthers. I want to see this guy get some run because obviously Baker and PJ Walker aren't getting the job done. This team is awful. You have nothing to lose. Yeah, I mean, it's been a pretty good year for anything related to the Jets. Gino Smith did good, so maybe yeah. maybe Sam Darnold takes the Panthers. That to the might playoffs. be crazier than than Geno Smith being good, honestly. Yeah, that, I, I felt I felt like be. we broke this guy like irreversibly. <laughs> yeah, he had the Adam Gase effect. Yeah, exactly. Fuck that guy. Rashawn Gary, Green Bay, torn his ACL. He's out for the year, which sucks. Um, I never like seeing pass rushers hurt themselves, especially the lower body. That, you know, could take a, a Hall of Fame trajectory career to, uh, you know, a lot less than that, which sucks. Not saying he's a Hall of Famer, but he, he's that kind of athlete. It's It's sad to see. Uh, Mark Andrews is, obviously didn't play last night. Um, still questionable knee and shoulder injuries, both. So that's tough. And Ryan Tannehill is the last one here. I want to talk about questionable. Uh, he traveled with the team, obviously, but didn't play after a couple of throws. It's the ankle injury. And uh, Malik Willis, you know, give the kids some credit for sticking in there and uh, and giving us a good game. But uh, they are definitely going to miss Ryan Tannehill if he's not ready. Okay, that's going to do it for the NFL injuries, unless you have something I'm missing. I don't think we are anything big. Just a lot of questionable guys around the league. Everyone's questionable. So let's get into the college football Week 10 recap. It was a pretty crazy one. Started off with Georgia, number three at home, demolishing Tennessee, 27 to 13. But this game really was like a 38 to 6 kind of game if, you know, uh, Georgia backups don't come in and punt right away. But uh, anyways, Georgia goes to number one. And we'll talk about the top 25 after this, too. Don't worry. LSU beats Alabama in overtime, 32 to 31. Brian Kelly, that's he ties the most amount of top 10 wins this year at LSU. That's the same as his entire career at Notre Dame. He goes for two in overtime. 
to beat them by one. Uh, gutsy call. I love it. And his former team, Notre Dame, is going to knock out Clemson from the playoff because you can't be a one-loss ACC team and make the playoff, not when uh, the SEC is has been ridiculous. Um, they demolished them 35-14. Yeah. I think Brian, one of Brian Kelly's top 10 wins at Notre Dame was also against Clemson. That would be so cool. That's kind of interesting that they had that stuff aligned this week too. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Um, Ohio State escapes danger. They're playing at Northwestern, possibly the worst Power 5 team in the nation. They beat them, though, 21-7. to seven. Crazy weather. And a freaking tornado. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so luckily they didn't lose. That would have made it a, a massive mess where there's a chance we have three SEC teams in the playoff, which still could happen, but uh, now it's a little more difficult. Uh, Oregon runs Colorado, of course. Penn State escapes the um, the Ohio State hangover. They beat Indiana. And NC State beats Wake Forest. Ah, man. Uh, <laughs> Sam Hartman, man. I had this guy as like a Heisman sleeper and he threw another three picks against NC state. It's, it's tough. Obviously he's got time, you know, he's just a junior, but not what we like to see. So let's get into the new 25. Uh, this was announced just about an hour and a half ago. So Georgia is going to be number one. They're undefeated. Makes sense. They'd be Tennessee, Ohio state and Michigan two and three. The winner of that is, is going to be number two in the nation. Number four goes to TCU. And I know a lot of people were wanting Tennessee to be there, but I understand if you have an undefeated Power Five conference champion, they got to be in the playoff. I don't think they'll be here at the end, but they're here now. Yeah. I think uh, if they win out, uh, we're obviously going to have a loser in between the Ohio State and Michigan game. So whoever loses that game, might be out in favor of Tennessee. So pretty interesting thing there. Uh, it kind of depends on who the committee wants to see rather than who actually yes. is a better team. Exactly. And some teams to watch out for over the next couple of weeks, Tennessee, Oregon, LSU, USC, Alabama. And then it's Clemson at 10, but we don't have to worry about them. They're not going to go anywhere. So let's get into the Heisman watch. Um, a lot of names. It's been a crazy couple of weeks. You know, I thought it was just going to be like a three-man race here at the end, but it has completely flipped around. So we'll start off with the honorable mentions. Hennon Hooker and Bryce Young. These guys just aren't going to get their Heisman moment because they're not going to play in the conference championship game. So I, well, I think it's really difficult. Yeah. Bryce Young does already have his Heisman moment because exactly. he won it last year. <laughs> he did win it last year. Uh, this year is what I mean. So because uh, it could have easily been on the list as the you know a top five players in the conference, but they're not going to win the Heisman. Also, watch out for Jaden Daniels, LSU quarterback, beat Bama, Drake May, uh, North Carolina quarterback. These guys have been putting up crazy numbers, but they're just not in the top five right now. So we'll get into it. Caleb Williams. 360 yards and four touchdowns against Cal. Um, this guy's ready for the NFL, and he's only a sophomore, so he can't even go. You know, uh, This guy's crazy, and he stays in the top five. Number four is going to be Michigan running back Blake Corum. Not a great game against Rutgers, 110 yards and two touchdowns, so he bumps down a little bit. But 
you know, big game against Ohio State could be that, you know, Heisman moment. I'm trying not to push narrative, but that's what the voters vote on. It's college football. They want narratives. They're watching kids out there. Number three is going to be Bo Nix, the Oregon quarterback. He had 274 passing yards and four total touchdowns. He had back-to-back weeks with six total touchdowns. Uh, This guy's been running through the Pac-12 right now. It's pretty cool to see. He's kind of a castaway from Auburn. And here we go. Number two, Texas running back B. John Robinson. 240 yards from scrimmage and a touchdown against Kansas State. Texas is playing awesome. They still have a chance for the Big 12 championship because they've all beaten each other uh, except for TCU. And this is one of the best players in the nation, in my opinion. He's going to be a first-rounder in the draft. Number one is still going to be C.J. Stroud for me, though. Ohio State quarterback. Rough week against Northwestern, but he got the win. I don't think the committee cares uh, about his stats against Northwestern. I think they care about what he does against Michigan. So he's still at the top here. But I think any one of these five guys has a legit shot right now. It is very close. Any notes? Nope. Okay, perfect. Now it is time for the mock draft. 2.0. I've talked to some of the other guys about this, but not Kyle. He has no idea what's about to happen. So let's just get into it, man. I'm excited. Um, So the order is a little weird. I think um, Philly's actually like six instead of they're on 10 here, but they have a player who's going to be there anyways. So, uh, well, I'll just go. Number one, Houston. Got him taking Bryce Young. I think it's the right pick. I think he's more NFL ready than C.J. Stroud, even if he's a little smaller. I think that's a better fit for Houston. And number two, Carolina. Also going quarterback with C.J. Stroud. Uh, these two guys' careers are going to be compared to each other for the rest of time. And uh, I prefer Bryce Young, but I can understand why you would want the, the big dude. You know, uh, guys get smacked around in the NFL. You want uh, when Josh Allen, you know, wrecks his shoulder, he's questionable, not out eight weeks. You know, that's why. But number three with the Raiders, the one Kyle's been waiting for. I think there's three possible picks for him here. I'm going to give him Will Anderson, though, the edge rusher from Alabama. I'll get a little more into the other options once we get to them in the mock draft. But as of right now, just grab the edge. He's the best player. He... You know, uh, a top edge can fix a defense. We saw what happened uh, in San Francisco with Nick Bosa. Um, Yeah, that's your guy, man. I hope so. Yeah. Number four, the Steelers. I've got them taking Peter Skaronsky, tackle from Northwestern. Um, The order of the tackles are always really weird until we get to the Senior Bowl because that's the big time for the tackles to shine because no one watches tackle tape. Um, But this is – a pretty massive guy, and you got to give your quarterback some time in the pocket, which he has none. You got to give him the option to give it to Najee Harris. He has no time to give it to Najee Harris because they're already in the backfield. You know where I'm going with this. Number five, Detroit. I'm going to give him Will Levis, the quarterback from Kentucky. He hasn't been playing well recently, but he's got some insane physical traits. We saw Kenny Pickett with zero physical traits whatsoever go pick 20. I wouldn't be surprised if Detroit gets a little impatient here, tries to grab their guy. <laughs> I know Kyle's doesn't like that one. But number six, Jacksonville. I don't think they'll be here, but um, for this, for the case of this mock draft, Olu Fashanu, tackle from Penn State, big riser so far this year on the offensive line because he's a great athlete. 
And uh, I don't think Jacksonville is going to take an offensive skill position. They just took defensive line back-to-back years. So here's a tackle for him. Number seven, I have the Cardinals taking Keely Ringo, the corner from Georgia. Uh, Their secondary is horrible. The entire defense is horrible, I think. They could easily go D-line here, but I went with Ringo for the sake of uh, what I've been hearing. So I like Ringo. We'll move on. Number eight, the Bears got him taking Jackson Smith-Najiba from Ohio State. They need a wide receiver one. They don't have one. Chase Claypool had a pretty good game last week, but he could be leaving too after this year. So Jackson Smith-Najiba is that guy. Number nine, the Packers. Another team probably won't be here, but for the sake of them being here, let's give him Jordan Addison. You know, I know Quentin Johnson from TCU is a bigger guy, rated higher, but Addison is not going to drop the ball. You know, if Rodgers is going to be sticking around, you need a guy he can trust. And this is your guy, All-American, two years in a row. Number 10, unfortunately for us all, Miles Murphy falls to the Eagles. Um, another guy, possibly the second best player in this draft, besides Will Anderson. And it's just unfortunate. You know, I have some of these other teams going by need because this is kind of a weird draft where at least so far, the order has some teams that likely won't be picking in the top 10 for a long time. So they're going to try to grab what they need. Maybe some teams that uh, aren't going to be able to bring in big free agents. You know, Arizona is not going to be able to sign Jalen Ramsey. So you got to draft Ringo at seven, even if he's not the seventh best player. Number 11, Jalen, and I'm going to go to 12 just for the sake of uh, the Raiders storyline for you. Uh, number 11, Jalen Carter. To the Seahawks, D lineman from Georgia. We saw Ed Oliver fall to 10 uh, when he was like, you know, rated the second best player. Sometimes the D tackles fall and Seattle looks out here. Number 12, the Lions take Joey Porter Jr., the corner from Penn State. This is a guy I think could be taken as early as three if the Raiders fall in love with him. We saw what happened with Stingley and Sauce Gardner the other day, um, other year, not day. If a team loves a corner and knows they can play in man coverage, which this guy is perfect in, you're going to see him go super early. And uh, this is a sleeper for the Raiders at three, but he's going to the Lions here. Uh, go through some other picks. Be, do you have a, a, a comment on that? Uh, nothing too crazy. I just yeah. think uh, if you have the opportunity to take Will Anderson, yeah. you are going to have to take him. Uh, sure. so, so as a Raider fan, I hope that's what happens. I like Porter Jr. a lot too, but since his dad was a Steeler, maybe you know we lay off of him a little bit, and you know mm-hmm. might have a little bit of sabotage going on our way, or I don't know, it's just bad, bad juju. So uh, okay. we get a I, chance to take. I apologize one then. We'll take. <laughs> I hope so. Okay, uh, number fifteen. I still have the Falcons taking Bijan Robinson. I think Arthur Smith is going to push so hard to get his guy because Cordell Patterson can't play forever. 19, Tampa Bay, because Brian Brzee, the lineman from Clemson, uh, some injuries and off-the-field issues going to push him out of the top 10 for sure, but Tampa Bay doesn't care. Chargers get their tight end, Michael Mayer. Nothing wrong with uh, with Gerald Everett, but come on. you got to get him some more help. It's Justin Herbert, man. Uh, I have the Jets taking Antonio Johnson. He's like the safety version of Sauce where he's like 6'4 and really lengthy, and having him behind Sauce would be just ridiculous. So I love that that matchup. Um, just for fun, I gave the Giants B.J. Ojolari, Aziz's brother, even though I think they're going to trade this pick for um, some receiver, receiver who's available yeah. in a year. Um, and Jameer Gibbs, 30th to the Bills. Yeah. 
pretty okay. solid there. Moving on to our pick standings. Sorry. <laughs> it's all good. You know, we're getting through it. Got to get out the information yeah. we got to get out. Uh, rough week for us in picks. Skylar and I both went 7 out of 13. Alex got second place with 8 out of 13. And Brett got first with 9 out of 13. So congrats to Brett this week. Even on an average week, gets a W. Uh, looking at our full year standings, Skyler unfortunately is still in last, 78 out of 125. Brett is in third place, uh, 84 out of 125. And then right now, me and Alex are tied at 86 out of 125. Uh, even after my rough week, still got a share in that lead spot, which is good to see. Uh, that's going to do it for halftime. Let's go ahead and yeah. get back to where's your head at. Uh, starting off with our team grades, we've done them for 28 teams so far in the MLB. Uh, and as they get eliminated or as they win the World Series, we're going to do a couple more teams. So the Phillies and the Astros today. I really don't think we need to do the Astros team grade. It's an A+. Mm-hmm. They won the World Series. It's Dusty Baker coming have. back. That's it. <laughs> exactly. Uh so we'll do the 87 and 75 NL champion Phillies. What's your grade for them? And what you got any other takeaways with them? I think I have to give them an A plus, right? Rob Thompson is the man. You know, we all thought these guys were done. They couldn't hit in the World Series, but the lineup is what got them there. So maybe one more splash in for agency. And uh, that's what we're doing next. So I'm excited to talk about that. Yeah, I gave him an A. I just think it's obviously a great year. But yeah. once you get to the World Series, you have to win it. I think it's so hard to get to the World Series. And there's a reason why we haven't seen a repeat winner in the 2000s is because it's so hard. It's so fluky. You know, just because you play so good doesn't mean something's going to go your way. You can hit a ball 120 miles per hour and hit it right to the shortstop or right to the left yeah. fielder, whoever it may be. And there's calls that can't go your way, whatever it is. It's too fluky. So once you get there, you got to win it, and you can't hit as bad as they did and strike out 71 times over six games. So I gave it a day, uh, but a great season for Philly. Uh, it was really fun to watch. Moving on to free agency <laughs> predictions. We'll try to go somewhat quick between each person because there's yeah. 33 guys on here, and I'm pretty sure we're about an hour into our episode already at this point. Uh, so it's going to end up being a long one, might end up even approaching two hours, but we'll see how that goes. But if you love baseball, uh, you're going to love this one. Exactly. So stick around through here. This is going to be a really fun segment. Uh, we're going to go through positions. So starting pitchers first, relievers second, and then position players by catcher first, second, third, shortstop, and so forth and so forth. Uh, so starting off with the two-time All-Star from the San Francisco Giants, Carlos Rodon, one of the biggest left-handed pitchers in the markets this year. Yeah, I haven't going to the Cardinals here. I feel like they need a strikeout guy. They don't really have that. They have some great pitchers on the roster, but this would be a perfect fit. Yeah, I have Rodon going to the Cubs. Uh, he goes back to Chicago, different team than he was with before. Of course, he was with the White Sox. Uh, but we've heard that the Cubs are going to be super big spenders this year and play for a shortstop as well. We'll see how that ends up going. Uh, but I think that they're going to end up getting the left-handed Rodon. Next up is a nine-time All-Star, three-time Cy Young Award winner, MVP in the 2020 World Series champ, Clayton Kershaw. I feel like if Kershaw ever leaves the Dodgers, it's going to be to the Rangers, and the Rangers are going to be dishing out money. You know, they have been the past couple of years. So I'm going to say this is the year it finally happens. He ends his career in his home state. I think he stays with the Dodgers just like he did last year. 
Next up is the four-time All-Star, two-time Cy Young Award winner, Jacob deGrom. There's no way the Mets can let this guy leave their hands. I mean, I I know, you know, there's been some Atlanta rumors, but if the Mets have the money, there is no way you can let this guy leave the building. Scott talked about how Texas is going to be a big spender this offseason. And I think this is somebody that the Texas would want to break the bank for because he's been so good and they have a lack of pitching. Uh, So I think maybe three or four year deal probably ends up being a bad deal. Once we get to that third or fourth year, cause he's going to probably end up being 39, 40 years old. But uh, Jacob DeGrom to the Rangers. Next up is the 2021 all-star Chris Bassett. I uh, say the same thing here. The Mets are going to try to keep all their pitching. I think so. Uh, We already saw with Edwin Diaz Bassett staying with the Mets. Yeah, Bassett declined his option with the Mets. I do think he still ends up staying mm-hmm. with them. Uh, and uh, he remains a Met. I don't know. <laughs> Next yeah. up is the 2022 All-Star for the Dodgers, Tyler Anderson. Going to the Blue Jays, they need a 4-5 starter and a lefty. So why not? <laughs> I have Tyler Anderson going to the Phillies. I think he is okay. a better uh, I don't know about back end. Uh, I don't know how consistent he'll be throughout the season, especially in a place like Philly. Uh, uh, but a good arm and it provides some depth so that you don't have to throw Zach Wheeler and Aaron Nola. Uh, the amount of innings maybe as much as you did these past few years. Next up is the nine-time All-Star, two-time Cy Young Award winner, also an MVP, just like Clayton Kershaw, and now a two-time World Series champ, Justin Verlander. I have Verlander going to the Braves here. He just got his ring. He might not care about that as much, even though, you know, Atlanta's going to be competing for one. I think he's going to take his bag, and he's the type of guy to go like, oh, it'd be cool to live in Atlanta. Let's do it for two years, you know? I think he's staying in Houston. I think it's going to be very tough to to lure him away. And at this point, I think it's it's not going to take as much money as somebody might think to go ahead and bring him back. Uh, and also probably going to be, get his third Cy Young here in about a month. Uh, next yeah. up is the former Rookie of the Year, eight-time All-Star, and a 2018 champ with the Red Sox, Craig Kimbrell, one of the best closers in the last decade. I have uh, Don't Care slash one of the Chicago teams. Mm, I have Arizona here. I okay. think uh, relievers are very interesting because <laughs> I think it's it's kind of possible for all 30 teams to go ahead and get yeah. a guy like this. Uh, I think Arizona is going to be a team that takes this next step this year. And uh, they have a lot of young guys. So I think adding a bull, back of the bullpen guy that's reliable like Craig Kimbrell could be pretty solid. Next up is the three-time All-Star and 2020 World Series champ with the Dodgers, Kenley Jansen. He's going to go back to the Braves. Uh, there's no reason the Braves should not give him what he wants. He was great. I say he's going back to the Dodgers. Uh, one year off with that the Braves. That would be the one thing that would draw him away, right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, I didn't see him leaving last year, and I think he's going back this year. Next up is the 2021 All-Star for the Padres. Uh, ended up being a Brewer last year when he was traded for Josh Hader, Taylor Rogers. I am sticking around in Milwaukee because they still don't have another lefty reliever other than Hobby Milner. And uh, I'll talk about the Brewers a little little more later on, but they're going to give some guys options here. You know, club yeah. options, what I mean, not, not options to leave. <laughs> of course. Yeah. I don't think he stays with Milwaukee just because 
because of Devin Williams. And I think he can be a closer in a few spots. Okay. Uh, we talked about this team spending a little bit and I'm going with the Rangers here for uh, Taylor Rogers. Okay. Next up is the three-time all-star 2016 champ Wilson Contreras, who just declined his qualifying offer that he received from the Cubs today. Going to be a free agent on Thursday. Where do you think the top catcher in this year's market goes? He's going to go to the Cardinals, replace Yadier Molina. Uh, it's just a perfect fit. I think that'd be crazy. Uh, just the Cubs Cardinal rivalry and switching over. It'd be, I don't know. It, I have him sticking with the Cubs. I think he declines this offer and getting more money. Uh, there was a reason why they didn't trade this guy mm-hmm. at the, the trade deadline. Partially that was because the trade fell apart with Houston and that whole saga has kind of came out in the last few days. But I think that's destiny at this point. I think Wilson Contreras will end up being a Cub most likely for life. Next up is the 2021 All-Star. Had a down year this year. I think was injured for part of the season as well. Uh, uh, Mike Zunino. Yeah, uh, I didn't really know what to do with this because Tampa Bay didn't offer him an option. But I think he still goes back to Tampa Bay maybe on a minor league deal and tries to prove himself again. I have him sticking with Tampa as well. Uh, Another kind of platoon bat that would work well in their lineup. Next up is a three-time All-Star in 2020 AL MVP, Jose Abreu. Jose Abreu is going across the pond to the Cubs. Switching sides and uh, immediately becomes a three hitter. Yeah, I think that would be interesting. However, I think he goes to the World Series champion Houston Astros and plays first base for them uh, after Yuli Gurriel yeah. retires. Oh, that'd be nice. Yeah. Next up is a three-time All-Star, full-time, four-time gold glover and the 2016 World Series champ, Anthony Rizzo. This is where I have Houston stepping up. Um, they desperately need first base slash DH, and this guy can do it. He raked last year. Rizzo's an interesting guy. I think there's a lot of teams that would be interested in him. He declined some sort of qualifying option option or Mm. player option, whatever it is. Uh, I think he's going back to San Diego where he first started his career. It comes full circle. We know AJ Preller's not afraid to spend money, and Mm. I think he's going to go ahead and get a first baseman. Uh, because of Josh Bell uh, being a free agent as well. So where do you think the Josh Bell ends up going? He's going to go to Tampa Bay. Uh, I saw some report about um, Josh Bell rumors, and uh, one guy from CBS Sports says, Tampa Bay loves guys who hit the snot out of the ball. It's a perfect fit. Yeah, that's true. Uh, I really like Josh Bell. I think he's going to do good for a team, and I think that team is going to end up being the White Sox once they lose out on Jose Abreu. I think I don't really. So we we see this every year where the market's kind of set by a guy, the first guy that signs, and then after that, all the pieces kind of fall in place. I think Abreu ends up being that first guy, and then after that, these other guys end up signing, and I have uh, Bell taking Abreu's spot in Chicago. Next up is the 2016 All-Star and the two-time World Series champ in 2012 and 2014, Brandon Belt. Brandon Belt's going to get paid by Pittsburgh. I don't think he's going to mind being their three-hitter there because Brandon Belt just likes to rake, man. And, uh, you know, we we saw what Josh Bell did there as a left-handed hitter. I know he's a switchy, but, like, his most famous homers from the left side, uh, I can just vision it. Yeah, I, I did not see that one coming at all. I mean, I don't. Maybe Pittsburgh's a good fit, but I did, I just did not see Pittsburgh's name coming up in any of this. 
Uh, I think he's going to have to shave his beard and he's going to go play for the Yankees oh. after they lose out on Anthony Rizzo. I think he could be a guy who can hit 30-plus homers in a park like that because of his pull power and opposite field power, too. Uh, so, belt to the Yankees. Next up is a two-time All-Star, Gene Segura, who finally made the playoffs for the first time in his career uh, with the Phillies this year, of course. Yeah, uh, I have the Red Sox going after Gene Segura here. Uh, I think they're going to lose their shortstop and you know, slide guys around and Gene Segura, he just feels like a Red Sox. You know, he makes a lot of mistakes, but he's pretty clutch too. Yeah. Uh, I have Segura going back to the Phillies. He, the Phillies declined his team option that he had for like $17 million. I don't think he's worth that. So I don't think he'll get that from anywhere else. Uh, but I think Philly's going to end up wanting to bring him back because they realize the guy that this guy can be and, you know, maybe if he wasn't that good this year, he still can come back and be a guy that was better than that in uh, next year. Next up is the two-time Gold Glover, surprisingly never been an All-Star, Colton mm-hmm. Wong. He's going to take the club option. I, th- I think it's ten million to go back to the Brewers, but the Brewers don't have any money, so they're going to immediately trade him to Chicago, the White Sox. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I Skyler mentioned Gene Segura going to Boston. I think yeah. Colton Wong ends up being the guy that does go to Boston. Uh, so I've been playing second base over there because they lose their shortstop. <laughs> Next up is the 2021 uh, all-star Adam Frazier. He's going to go to the Tigers because they don't hit for any contact at all. This would be a, a nice, not really veteran, but a guy to, you know, teach how to hit some of yeah. these young guys, you know, because obviously Miggy's not doing a good enough job. <laughs> yeah, he had a down year this past year. Adam Frazier played good defense, but didn't he just he didn't hit like himself this year. It's yeah. kind of weird. So I think he's going to have to go on a prove it deal, uh, and I think that prove it deal will end up being with the White Sox, where he can kind of play all over and play good defense too. On to the shortstops. We have here we go four some four of the biggest guys on here. Uh, starting off with the two time All Star in twenty nineteen World Series champ with the Washington Nationals, Trey fucking turner but real quick before skyler gives his pick let's go ahead and look at one of our polls that we posted today on our twitter because i gave a few free agents out to see where the people thought he was going so the four options that i had were the dodgers cubs phillies and mariners the team that ended up winning with 58.3 percent of the votes was the phillies so people think he's going to philly uh i don't personally skyler where do you think he's going I actually hadn't seen that tweet since you put it out, and I voted. Uh, I'm going to the Phillies here. Oh! Yeah. Uh, this is the big splash Philly needs to make. This guy's, like we said earlier, you know, Gene Segura maybe makes some mistakes. Bryson Stock couldn't really hit shit in the playoffs. Uh, this is the guy to get you over the hump. Yeah. I have Trey Turner. Scott, we're going to hate this man's guy. We're going to hate him so much. He's going to the Mariners. What about J.P. Crawford, uh, huh? J.P. Crawford isn't that good. That's the sad <laughs> truth. J.P. Crawford isn't nearly as good as Trey Turner. He can play all over. We saw that video on him <laughs> on Twitter yesterday. He can hit. He can hit for power. He can play. He can slide. He can do anything. He's going to get a shit ton of money this year, probably $300 million, and I think that ends up coming from yeah. the Mariners. Next up, uh, the Two-time All-Star as well, 2017 champ with mm-hmm. the Nastrick, 
uh, Carlos Correa. I have Correa going to the Cubs because I don't think he's going to take another prove it deal. I think uh, the Cubs are the type of team to give him what he wants. I'll take it. The Baltimore's looking for a guy that needs to be a leader in their clubhouse. They have a lot of young guys, but they don't really have that veteran guy that's their leader. And I think Carlos Correa would be the perfect guy for that. Uh, so I think he ends up going to Baltimore, signs a five, six year deal with them and becomes the leader, the hearts of one of the best young teams in the league right now. Next up, Xander Bogarts. I have Xander Bogarts going to the Giants. I think this is the year they're going to go big and uh, it's just their big prize possession of the offseason. I do not have him going to the Giants, but I do have him going to California with the Angels. Uh, Skyler was about to say somebody else. And I was probably not going to get him. Uh, but I have him going to the Angels. I predicted this. Okay. Uh, about in May or April this year when yeah. the Red Sox got off to a bad start, I said he'd get traded there. Uh, the Angels ended up falling out, but they still have a need uh, at shortstop. And I think a guy like Xander Bogarts, uh, when you can just move Fletcher back to second base, is going to be perfectly fine. So uh, give me Xander uh, at shortstop for the Angels. Next up, uh, the 2021 World Series champion, 2022 All-Star Dan's B. Swanson. I got Dan's B. Swanson going to the Dodgers to replace Trey Turner. I feel like if Anthropolis hasn't uh, extended him yet, he's not going to because he extends people right away. Yeah. Uh, I originally had him going to Atlanta uh, and I thought about it a little bit and it just doesn't, I don't know, it just doesn't make sense. Like Skyler was talking about, he makes these early decisions and there just hasn't, the hesitancy is really weird with Anthropolis mm. or Orthropolis, whatever his name is. Yeah, I, but uh, I don't know if I was right or not. <laughs> it's a lot of O's, a lot of T's, a lot of H's, yeah. but uh, a lot of polis. I'll say that. Uh, but I have Dansby Swanson going to the Cubs. I think he ends up being the shortstop that they build around, and uh, I think he fits in pretty well there. Next up, uh, two-time All-Star 2020 World Series champ actually won the World Series when he had COVID. Uh, yeah. And that is Justin That's Turner. The rules. Yeah. Justin Turner going to the Marlins here. Uh, this is a, a weird lineup right now that I feel like even if Justin Turner's not playing every day at third, he's still a bat that is a veteran, can teach you know another team that needs uh, some young guys to to be helped out. So Marlins. Yeah. I think Justin Turner's only going to go to a spot that is in a contending position. I think uh, he's kind of too old in his career to go to a shitty team. Uh, I have gone somewhere in Florida, though, to the Rays, uh, where he can be a platoon guy over there, maybe play a bit of defense and also play some DH. Uh, but I think he's a guy that fits in pretty well in Tampa with their idea of a baseball team. Next up is the 2021 All-Star, Joey Wendell. I have Joey Wendell going to the Orioles. In my scenario, the Orioles kind of get shafted here, uh, which probably means in real life they're going to overpay for somebody if they miss out. Uh, but, you know, here's just another guy you know is going to get on base. Good for the Orioles. Yeah, uh, I think Joey Wendell ends up going to Minnesota to play in a bit of a platoon role over there and play some different positions. Uh, had a down year this year. I uh, was also hurt a little bit. But uh, Wendell can be really good when he's healthy, and I think uh, Minnesota is going to value him a lot. Next up, Brandon Jury. I got Brandon Jury going to the A's because this is a guy who I've been hearing is going to have a horrible market. Only the bottom teams are going to be offering big contracts. 
I don't think we give him a big one, but I think we give him enough on a one-year deal where he decides to come, and we try to flip him at the deadline. You know what's crazy, Skyler? Is can you let's see where is it? Can you read where it says uh, jury right there? Oh, <laughs> I have him going to Oakland too. Uh, and the reason why I do is because the A's get some revenue sharing this next year, and if they don't spend that money, they lose it. So you have to spend it. You have to go get a guy that will probably end up being a guy that gets flipped. And I think mm. Brandon Jury is a perfect guy for that. You know, he can play all over. He'll probably end up playing third base for us. Uh, weak spot for. For us, I mean, we really only have a strong suit at catcher. Um, we know how third basemen's go in Oakland. They turn out to be studs. And yes. that's, I think, uh, what Brandon Jury will end up doing and hopefully ends up getting us back some prospects. So we'll see how that goes. Next up is the two-time All-Star, two-time Gold Glove winner, Joey Gallo. So why I thought Milwaukee was going to try to trade the guys that they optioned is because they're going to make some weird moves with, uh, you know, the money they do have. And Gallo is one of them. It's just, it seems like a Milwaukee player. They take a shot on. They're kind of in jambles right now with no identity. Let's take a shot on a guy who could possibly hit 40 homers. Gallo. uh, This is kind of more for my own joy because I think it'd be fun to watch. I have him going to Colorado. Because uh, I think yes. if he goes to Colorado and plays some corner outfit over there, he might get his average up a little bit. Uh, when he hits home runs, they're going to be posted on ESPN because they're going to be 460 foot home runs at least. Because uh, he, you, we already know this guy hits tanks. Uh, so Gallo goes back to Colorado, kind of gets out of that mainstream New York, LA media, and uh, ends up playing pretty well, and then gets his bigger contract uh, next year, or the year after that. Next up, Andrew Benatendi. Yeah, I've been intending going to Seattle. I think uh, this is going to be the type of Adam Frazier hitter that they needed and is is going to work out for him because I don't have him going after a shortstop here. This is their big one, 300 average, you know. Yeah. Good stuff. Ben Attendi, he kind of had a weird year last year. He kind of dropped the power a little bit, but he ended up becoming a way better contact hitter. We know he plays pretty good defense as well. Uh, I have him going to the Giants. I think he ends up playing pretty good outfield for them. Uh, and uh, you'll see why I have him going to the Giants here in a little bit, but uh, I think Benintendi's going to be a pretty solid player for them. Next up, Brandon Nimmo. One of the, the more intriguing... Sorry. Oh. <laughs> the Mets got to retain this guy, right? I mean, you, you can say what you want to say, but this is the Mets' identity right here, you know? This guy gets on base like it's nothing. You know, we said Benintendi was a good contact hitter. They're like six players with a higher OPS than this guy in the MLB. Yeah. I think uh, Sorry. Colorado is going to pay a lot of money for Brandon Nimmo. And I think a guy like Brandon Nimmo in Colorado can end up having like an MVP caliber season uh, with how he hits over there. He can hit 30 homers. He can have 100 RBIs. He can hit 340. He can get on base 41 out of 100 times. He can have a crazy season in Colorado. We've already heard reports that they're willing to spend a lot of money for him. Uh, next yeah, up, that would be pretty cool. Is yes. the four time All Star, the soon to be 2022 AL MVP, the AL home run champ, Aaron Judge. We had a poll up on here uh, on our Twitter. The four teams that we had were the Yankees, the Mets, the Giants, and the Dodgers. And 58.7% of the votes 
went to the San Francisco Giants. So that's where the public thinks he's going to go. Maybe that's partially because I retweeted it. And since we're in the Bay Area, people that I know voted on the poll that are Giants fans. Uh, but Skyler, where do you yeah. think the biggest fish, uh, literally and figuratively, ends up falling in uh, this year's offseason? I don't think it's smokescreen here, Kyle. I think he's going to go to the Giants unless something weird happens or they add a franchise tag to the MLB because this guy's from California. The Giants are reportedly going to give him whatever he wants. Unless he wants to go to Colorado or you know the Dodgers or something, it's going to be the Giants. There is a reason why I had some of the other guys go to the spots that they did. There's a reason why I had Ben Attendee go to San Francisco. There's a reason why I had Brandon Nimmo go to Colorado. And there's a reason why I have Aaron oh, Judge going to the Mets. Yeah. I think Steve Cohen is going to do everything that he can possibly do to get this guy on his team. He's going to give him $400 million, even if he doesn't deserve that much. Trust He's me, I would much him- rather see that. He's going to give him $50 million annually because he is Steve Cohen and he's the owner of the Mets. He's going to do anything possible to get this guy on his team because he doesn't want to be the Yankees' little brother anymore. And I think if you sign Aaron Judge, you are now (laughs) the Yankees' big brother and their daddy, like, like how Pedro Martinez would say. Yes. Next up, one of the more underrated guys, the 2018 All-Star, Mitch Hanniger. I have Mitch Hanniger going to Minnesota because I still think they're a pretty good team and they're going to be losing some guys. They have some money to spend. Uh, you know, this guy's a pretty good hitter and Kirilov's not getting the job done. Yeah. I have Mitch Hanniger going to San Diego. I think he is a pretty good guy to replace like a Brandon Jury type dude that can play in the outfield. I know he doesn't play in the infield at all, but he hits well has a great arm, and I think he'd play a great right field for the Padres uh, and end up being a great bat for them. Next up, the 2016 All-Star from the Padres, uh, Will Myers. I have Will Myers going to the Reds here. Um, I don't know if a whole lot of people are going to offer him other than the bottom team. Similar with Drury, there's some of the same, you know, not good things have been said, so... I'm going to the Reds, maybe prove a deal, maybe gets flipped to a contender, uh, similar to what we talked about earlier. I have Will Myers ended up going to Cleveland. Uh, yeah. He's one of those like C-list free agents that I think one of those smaller market teams has a good chance to go ahead and get. Uh, two or three year deal max, you know, maybe 10 annually max as well. Uh, but it's pretty solid player, nonetheless. And uh, Cleveland could use a guy like that, especially in the outfield. On to the DHs at this point in their careers, at least. Yeah. Uh, five-time All-Star 2018 World Series champ with the Red Sox, J.D. Martinez. It's one of my favorite ones. I have J.D. Martinez going to the Orioles. I think that'd That's be a awesome. That's a pretty good one. <laughs> I have him going to that division, not staying with his old team. I have him going to the Rays. Another guy who I think Works pretty well for them. Yeah. After that, we have Michael Brantley, the five-time All-Star. He's going to run it back one more year with Houston. Yeah, if he's healthy and wants to play, he's going back to Houston. If not, he's retiring. Yeah. And lastly, the three-time All-Star, uh, anomaly this year, to say the least, uh, Matt Carpenter. Well, he worked pretty well in New York for most of the year. Um, 
this is probably going to be like late in the winter meetings. Get a notification at three in the morning. Matt Carpenter takes a club option for three million. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't think he's going anywhere except for New York. Mm-hmm. Uh, it worked so well for him last year. If he does end up playing, it'll be for the Yankees. All, All right. right. Pretty <laughs> Pretty lengthy segment there, uh, but we still got one more thing to do, or I guess two more things to do if you want to include our bets. And we're doing our way too early playoff team and World Series prediction. We'll start off in the AL, Skyler. Yeah. Uh, who are your wild card teams? Seattle, Tampa Bay, and I put Tampa Bay twice. What the hell? <laughs> I apologize. Uh, let's see who who this was supposed to be. <laughs> Um, you want to go? Sure, I'll go. Uh, I have Toronto, Seattle, and Baltimore. I think uh, Baltimore is a fun team to talk about. Uh, they get Correa in my world scenario here, and when you have a guy like Carlos Correa combined with the guys that they already have, I think they're going to go ahead and, and have a pretty damn good squad. So, uh, give me Baltimore, man. I don't know why I typed in uh, Tampa Bay for Baltimore, but that is what I meant. So yeah, on the same page. Awesome. Let's go ahead and get to the AL Divisional winners, Skyler, here. All right. Houston, Toronto, and Cleveland. I have Houston and Cleveland, uh, but also Tampa Bay. I think Tampa uh, Bay is going to have a really good year. Uh, the If healthy, McClanahan and Tyler Glasnow are going to probably be the best one-two punch in a rotation that you can get. Uh, and it's going to be a pretty good year for a team that's kind of had a weird year last year. On to the NL side of the things now. Together, who are your wildcard teams? Philly, the New York Mets, and San Francisco. San Francisco with the big signings obviously helps them out. My wildcard teams are going to be Atlanta uh, because the Mets win the division with Aaron Judge. I have San Diego because the Dodgers are the Dodgers. And my surprise team out of anything in this entire thing, I think the biggest surprise prize that I'll have will be right here, and that is the Arizona Diamondbacks returning to the playoffs. I think their young core is a year ahead of schedule. Corbin Carroll goes ham. Alec Thomas goes crazy. Dalton Varsho just improves. And uh, Craig Kimbrell, I mean, gets some saves for them, I guess. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> Skyler's kind of putting on his U of A hat right now. Uh, let's get to the division winners in the NL. Skyler, who do you got here? All right. In the NL, I have the Dodgers the Braves, and the Cardinals. I also have the Cardinals and the Dodgers. I have the Mets here yeah. as well, like I mentioned a little bit earlier. What about a World Series prediction, Skyler? Who do you got? So my winner in the AL is going to be Houston. I think the AL is going to get a little worse this year, and that isn't good for the rest of the <laughs> rest of us. So Houston wins it pretty easily. And I have the Dodgers finally getting back there again. Uh, I think they're going to replace just as well as they bought this year. And maybe they just needed another year with that uh, new core together. So Houston's going to beat them, unfortunately. First back-to-back winners in a while, but shakes it up a little bit with the Dodgers. Base, baseball's so tough, man. I don't want to yeah. pick a, a return or a repeat mm-hmm. winner. Uh, so I'm not. I'm going to go with... Oh, this is tough. Crazy one. Uh, Padres over the Rays. Uh, nice hats, guy. 
Thank you. Let's go ahead and get to our layups and bold predictions before we get on out of here. I kind of felt like an anticlimactic climactic uh, ending to yeah. our uh, World Series predictions there, but we've been over so much baseball stuff already. We're kind of getting a little tired at this point. Uh, but let's go Never ahead ends. and get to our, our bets. Last week we were 0 for 4. We had a really bad week. Uh, I had the Chiefs minus 12 versus Tennessee for my layups. Geller had Tennessee, the college team, plus 8.5 versus UGA. That did not happen. Uh, this week I have the Chiefs again, minus 10 versus Jacksonville. Uh, there's a pretty common thing to do where you bet on a team that didn't cover the spread versus a, a team that did cover the spread the past week. Uh, and Kansas City is one of those teams. So I like them uh, against Jacksonville. All right. I'm going to take TCU to cover plus seven points at Texas. Texas being favored is, uh, you know, they're not a bad team, but TCU is fourth in the nation. They're undefeated. You know, uh, Texas just lost to Kansas the other day, right? A couple of weeks ago. So I'm going to trust TCU. Yeah, cover a touchdown. Yeah. On to our bold predictions. Uh, last week I had the Rams over the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. That looked pretty good for about 59 minutes of that game until Tom Brady had that late comeback over them. And then Skyler had Washington over Minnesota. Ended up not hitting like we were talking about. Uh, seems like an age ago that we talked about that. But uh, this week I have Seattle over Tampa Bay in Germany. That's nuts. I'm going to go with the Broncos to beat the Titans. Denver coming off a bye. Maybe they fixed their offense. Who knows? But uh, Tennessee's offense didn't look very good. And, you know, we know Denver's defense is great. So yeah, it's an upset for a reason. It. If Tannehill doesn't play in that game, we might yeah. see 11 total points in that entire game. Mm-hmm. But, uh, yeah, it's going to do it for episode 113. Probably end up taking about 113 minutes for this entire episode That's to be done. Prediction. Uh, <laughs> but it was a fun one. Uh, obviously talked about all of our mm-hmm. MLB stuff. Uh, got in our NFL stuff, too. Next week, it'll hopefully be our reactions to some of the biggest signings that we saw in the MLB and then of no course, NFL uh, week by week. Yeah. Our first off season in two years without a lockout, which is nice. Yeah. Uh, but that's going to do it for this episode. Uh, we'll see y'all in episode 114. Uh, yeah. Make sure to keep our Twitter notifications on. Check out Max on Instagram uh, to keep yourself updated. Uh, you got any parting message? Go Jets. Yeah, go Jets, man. Yeah. <laughs>